If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show. For those of you that want to watch the program live or on demand on Facebook, as long as our friends at Facebook allow that to happen. By the way, I've got an update Got an update. In order to talk about uh, things of a political nature on Facebook, one must register with Facebook to prove one's identity. And I just uh, remember that I've got to update that. I've got to update that so that they know I'm not a Russian bot, I guess. So anyway, good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, you know, this morning I want to start. I want to start with something I mentioned at the tail end, I think, of hour two yesterday. It could have been hour one. Time goes so fast on this program. Um, I don't know which. I just remember I mentioned it at the end of one of the hours. Minneapolis, City of Lakes. This is uh, the Minneapolis Police Department. They sent an email out to third precinct residents dated July 28th, 2020. And it reads as follows. Who would have thought? Who would have thought something like this is the result of the war on law and order? Who would have thought that this is what would happen when lawlessness is widely embraced by government leaders and officials in the city of Minneapolis and elsewhere, um, elsewhere in the state of Minnesota and elsewhere, elsewhere around this country? Here's what it says. Attention, 3rd Precinct residents, July 28, 2020. Robberies and carjackings, apostrophe S. Is that how that's supposed to be? Anyway, have increased in our precinct. Cell phones, purses, and vehicles are being targeted. Some victims have been maced, dragged, assaulted, and some threatened with a gun. Most of these crimes have occurred north of 42nd Street East. 100 robberies and 20 carjackings have been reported uh, to 3rd Precinct Police in July alone. Downtown and southwest Minneapolis have seen an increase as well. We want those who live and work here to be safe! Exclamation point. Robbery and prevention tips. What are the tips here to pre- prevent oneself from being robbed? This is fantastic. It says here... Do not walk alone. Be hyper aware 
of your surroundings at all times. <laughs> Pay attention. Carry only the items you need and carry less cash. So this is this is just fantastic. This is fantastic. It says here be prepared to give up your cell phone and your purse and wallet. Folks, this is the police in Minneapolis telling folks how to avoid being harmed in uh, the city of Minneapolis by criminals. This is the advice. This is the law and order. Well, this is the the city that's absent of law and order. This is the city that's absent of reason and sense. This is the best that they can come up with. Have keys in your hand as you approach your car. Despite all our efforts, robberies may still occur. Do not argue or fight with the criminal. Do as they say. Your safety is most important. <laughs> I just... I mean, this is this is giving up, isn't it? This is this is giving up. Be prepared to give your cell phone and purse wallet to, excuse me, to the criminal. Do as the criminal says. Your safety is important. Your safety is so important in the city of Minneapolis that we've decided to defund and dismantle the police uh, department. That is how important we think your safety is. Oh, and by the way, they add here. Be a good witness. Be a good witness because we're not going to come and help. Now, look, I understand people who are proponents of the Second Amendment understand understand this, that uh, calling law enforcement is typically something that is reactionary, meaning that, you know, for folks who say you shouldn't carry a gun or be able to protect yourself, which is ludicrous, by the way, absolutely ludicrous. They act as though legal gun owners are causing uh, you know, all sorts of death and violence and mayhem around cities and counties and towns all around this this country. But that's, of course, not what happens. Lawful carrying of firearms actually prevents a ton, a ton of violence. Lots of studies have shown actually astronomical numbers of crimes that have been pre- prevented by people um, who legally carry firearms. But we don't see anything like that here. No, no, no. You can't. Uh, those things are not. Those things are not. You know, smiled upon in the city of Minneapolis. Instead, you just have to be a good witness. After you've given given someone your cell phone and your purse and wallet, after you have obeyed what they've said to them, after you've not argued or f- fought with that criminal, just be a good witness. If you can, they don't say this here. But if they don't steal your phone, maybe tapes, uh, type some notes in there, a description. Of course, you probably cannot put the racial description of the person. May not even be able to put the gender of the person for all I know. Maybe snap a picture of them because you need to be a good witness so that when you call 911 to tell people what happened to you, be prepared to answer many questions. I'm reading from this document here. How many suspects? Age, high. <laughs> It doesn't even list race. I, I mean, it's, it's preposterous. Age, height, complexion. Now, it says complexion, hair and eye color, scars or tattoos, weapon, what did it look like, what direction did they leave in, vehicle description. This is what you're supposed to do. 
Because when you call 911, no one's going to come, by the way. No one's going to come to help you. They might send a, a counselor to help you cope. There's nothing that's going to replace your... I don't know if they take your cell phone, how are you supposed to call 911? They don't explain that. I don't know if there's some... You know, there's probably not any pay phones in the city. Of course, what would you use uh, if there was a pay phone? If your wallet was stolen, your cell phone was stolen, what else? How are you supposed to use, even if there is a pay phone? Uh, maybe you're supposed to look on the street corners uh, for, for quarters. I don't know. And so that's this is what the city of Minneapolis's police department is telling us. They also give us carjacking prevention tips. Lock your doors while driving. Don't stop for strangers who are trying to approach you or stop your car. Park in well-lit areas. Always be hyper aware of your surroundings. I mean, they don't want you to prepare or to, to defend yourself. They say do not argue and fight above. So I guess they just want you to be aware just in case you're about to be uh, robbed or assaulted or carjacked in this case. Use a tracking device. Oh, that's great. This is probably something the government will provide you in the city of Minneapolis. They'll happily track you. They don't say that here, of course. But I'm I'm sure that one of the radicals in the city of Minneapolis is preparing a tracking device that's funded by the city of Minneapolis. I'm sure that they're thinking about that right now. Use a tracking device. Never leave anything of value in your car. Never leave your car running unattended. Many victims were dropping off food or other deliveries. Memorize your license plate number. It helps towards a faster recovery. Memorize it. You just have to put it in your memory. You can't put it in your phone because your phone's going to be taken during the robbery, and you need to be prepared to give that up along with your purse and wallet. I mean, this is absolutely insane. City of Minneapolis. This is what they're resorting. This is... If there's any confusion out there, this is the defund the police movement. This is the dismantle the police movement. This is the result of what that looks like. Dismantle, defund, you know, uh, replace it. This is what you've got. You've got a bunch of emails. Check your emails if you're in the city of Minneapolis. Make sure you sign up for the police uh, to email you because that's all they're going to be doing. This is their, their their job has now been relegated to just passing along information to you. Passing along information. Hey, good luck out there. There's nothing we're gonna do about this, and uh, you know, just uh, we wish you well. If something bad happens to you, remember your license plate number so that you can hopefully recover your car. We don't know when we'll send anybody out there. Um, it's. This is a law. This is lawlessness. This is the opposite. I saw a poll the other day that said that most Americans view President Trump as the law and order president. Well, some folks have manipulated that to be a bad thing. Now, of course, it can be if you're a totalitarian like Castro, who, by the way, people like Karen Bass, who's a finalist apparently on the Obama, or excuse me, the Biden, the O Biden Obama. Administration. She's a finalist for the VP candidate. We talked about her yesterday. She was thinking that the loss of Castro in Cuba back in 2016 was very, very tough on the Cuban people. She knew that that left a big, big gaping hole in the hearts of the Cuban people. So she tweeted that you know, he would be missed, and she, her heart went out to the Cuban people or some such nonsense. 
She said she had no idea the Cuban people didn't have the same freedoms <laughs> as, as the American people. This is someone who's now didn't know this until four years ago, who may be, God forbid, the vice president of the United States. So I'm, the point is here, folks, they, they are the opposite of law and order, except for when the law means that there's more government control. They like, they love big government, but they don't like common sense law. They don't like the idea that police can enforce the law and protect, I don't know, protect the citizens. Just good luck out there if you're in Minneapolis. Carjackings and violence have skyrocketed in parts of that city because of this nonsense. This is exactly what you get. This is totally 100% predictable. Who would have thought, by the way, who would have thought that fewer cops are limiting them or making people hate them and look at them with suspicion or even defending people who are provocative against police. I'm not saying George Floyd, please. I know that the camera footage was released yesterday, the body cam footage, um, which shows some things that we didn't uh, see before. But that's. I'm just saying that all this has erupted. Police officers, law enforcement officers are put on the defensive. They're assumed to all be terrible people. They're assumed to... Uh, all be racist or whatever else that the left wants to call them. And of course, you know, there are, there are laws, there's a, a justice system that's, you know, being right before our eyes being carried out with the George Floyd uh, case. And this, but this is the result of over, uh, you know, just complete overreaction to wanting to effectively just eliminate law enforcement. Who would have thought? Who would have thought you'd have more crime? Who would have thought you'd have emails from police saying, hey, basically, good luck out there. Cross your fingers. Nothing we can do. Hang in there. Try to memorize your license plate number. And it just, this is just predictable. And it, I mean, it, it's, it's humor. It's not humorous because it's real lies, but it's just in a vacuum when you look at this and you think, this is the best that they've got. This is this is their ideas. This is this is what happens when they're allowed to make I'm talking about the radical left here when they're allowed to make decisions unfettered by any sort of input from people with common sense or you know traditional values. This is what the rhetoric of defund the police, of dismantle the police turns into. This is the result. This is the fruit of their labor. This is this is what happens when you abandon good old-fashioned law and order. I'm not talking about oppressing oppressive government state. I mean simply enforcing reasonable laws and making the city streets safer. This is what happens when you abdicate that responsibility to some person on the street who's, you know, not really either allowed or uh, they don't want someone to, to have a weapon or a way to protect themselves. You just hand over everything and cross your fingers and hope that you get it back. I mean, it's just, it's inconsiderate to say the least. And this is, I mean, we're in the you know coronavirus times here. People are struggling at businesses. I mean, this is still, we're not, you know, out of the woods yet. People are concerned of maybe other shutdowns, especially in, you know, places like that are run by 
Democrat governors. It's hard. People are worried about their jobs, the economy, all that stuff. And so now you just you get robbed. So what? I mean, sorry, stinks to be you. Try to memorize your license plate number and be sure you give your criminals, uh, you know, your attackers, your your cell phone. Maybe probably even give them your your password so that they can get in there and use your phone. I mean, it's truly an upside down world that we live in. But I wanted to share this off the top. Got to this at the end of the day yesterday, but just couldn't discuss it. Going to shift gears when we get back here. Take a quick time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. I just saw this, uh, the Babylon. I don't know if you've ever, if you're a follower, just read part of the Babylon Bee, which is a, what a satire, I guess, uh, news site. They, they, <laughs> they write stories or headlines and articles or whatever um, that are not true, but that they're funny because they're not far from being true. This, <laughs> this headline I just saw from, I guess it was yesterday. Biden says... He can't wait to find out who he picked for vice president. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Washington, D.C., according to sources in the Biden campaign, the presidential candidate is on pins and needles waiting to see who it is he picked to run for vice president on his ticket. Campaign aides say it's been Biden's most anticipated event since he found out he was running for president a few weeks ago. Oh, my goodness. I love this. A reporter asked Biden if he could hint about his VP pick during a brief interlude from his stay in the basement where he was allowed to come upstairs to get some snacks. (laughs) Oh, boy. I hope it's a real classy. Oh, boy. I'm just reading this broad. It says I said uh, he said as he drank straight from the (laughs) from the milk jug. I bet I picked somebody good and smart, a chick with class and style. You know, in my day, dames were dames and guys were guys. None of this this guy's becoming dolls and dolls becoming guy stuff. We would go down to the hop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love this stuff and do the mashed potato. You know, there's lots of good n- 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 nutrients and stuff in potatoes. Potato is a funny word. Potato. Okay, Joe, let's go, said an aide, shoving him down into the basement What Joe was trying to say is that he's chosen a well-qualified candidate who will run our country, or I mean help him run the country, with excellence. Good work, Babylon B. This is the kind of stuff that just, uh, I mean, Biden can't wait, says he can't wait to find out who he picked for VP. We talked about the VP choice yesterday, and in fact, there's some concern I just I, I you know the the left a couple things so I saw this headline yesterday this is in this was an article written I think it's Breitbart I'm pulling it up right now let me see yeah it's Breitbart.com ready for this headline that this now look I understand there's multiple polls and most polls for whatever you make of polls we're we're in August even though the election's only roughly ninety days away we're still a ways away from of course, the election uh, in, in political terms. I mean, the, the issues that we're going to be 
I guess, fighting or campaigning on. Some some haven't even been realized yet. Some of these things are uh, the American people don't even know or, heck, Biden definitely doesn't know. But there's a lot that can change between – it's an eternity in political terms between now and Election Day. But there was a new poll from the Democracy Institute commissioned by the Sunday Express newsletter that now shows Trump leading Biden. You're hearing this correctly in a national poll, 48 to 46. Now, again, I want to make it clear, most polls, in fact, polls a few weeks or a couple of months ago show Biden up by by as much as 15 points. This poll, which I'm not suggesting, look, take what you, make what you will from polls. I mean, polls are what they are, uh, but this one shows that Trump is leading Biden 48 to 46%. And uh, this poll found, again, this poll found that Trump has opened up a bigger lead in crucial battleground states, meaning the president, by this pollster's estimates, currently is projected to win 309 electoral votes, more than he did in 2016, which, of course, you only need 270. So that's more than enough for him to become president of the United States. I'm not predicting this. I don't. I think predicting this stuff is a bit of a fool's game because, again, people – um, people vote for president based upon the quality of a candidate's jump shot, based upon how well uh, you know the, the the cadence of their speech, uh, their facial expressions, or you know how cool an ad was. Just random stuff, so whether or not they're in favor of a college football playoff system. So all bets are off as to how some Americans are going to vote. But nonetheless, this has to be troubling for the Biden, uh, Team Biden. So among white voters, according to this poll, Trump leads Biden 43 to, uh, excuse me, 53 to 46%. Trump is surprisingly strong with black voters. Are you ready for this? At 20% in this poll, he got 8% of the vote back, the black vote in 2016. If he gets 20%, he gets 20% of the black vote in this nation. Biden has no chance of winning this election. Hispanic voters in the poll broke for Biden 51 to 38 percent, which would also increase, excuse me, represent an increase for the president over his 2016 performance with Hispanics. President Trump has a lead of 48 to 43 percent in uh, in the swing states of Florida Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota. There's one that he did not win in 2016. Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, which would put him back in the White House with an electoral uh, college tally of 309 to Biden's 229. David Maddox, the political editor for the Sunday Express, wrote about uh, his newspaper's survey. So look, so there's this news. There's, you know, the Babylon Bee, which again is satire. Biden can't wait to find out who he picked for VP. I think that that's actually spot on. That's actually probably better news than you'll find at CNN or MSNBC. Biden's still trying to figure out who he's picked for VP, and he just realized a couple of weeks ago he was running for president, which is, you know, again, you can go back to some of the sound bites. You've heard him tell people to vote Joe Biden for Senate and all this sort of stuff. He says that uh, back in May I saw that he said that he was going to beat Biden I said back a couple of months ago, it was a matter of time before he endorsed Trump. (laughs) 
Biden endorsed Trump in the 2020 campaign. That's that's probably going to happen. There's a, there's probably a 50 percent chance. In fact, he almost did when he said he was going to beat Biden. He's going to beat himself in the election. That's one could say that by vowing to beat oneself, you're actually campaigning uh, for the opponent, the only other opponent on the ticket that's going to have a chance of winning, which would be Donald J. Trump. So anyway, in, in many cases, uh, fiction is more believable than truth in today's world. So, but they're concerned. They're concerned about his VP pick because, look, the, the, the truth is, the truth is that they know, um, they know that the more that this, I don't know, drags on, the more that things don't just, you know, run smoothly here, the more tension there is. He's already pushed the date from announcing his VP pick back a week. So they're worried about this. The left is worried about this. I don't have time to talk about this this segment, but I'll talk about it next segment. Biden is, uh, or excuse me, Democrats are worried about the tension and the delay, right? Headline here in cron.com, uh, Biden's delay in announcing running mate intensifies jockeying between potential picks. And when there's more jockeying between the picks, potential picks, there's more tension, there's more, more turmoil, there's more people uh, arguing for their person, their choice as VP over the other. It, it brings to mind, it, it reminds people of the way that maybe Bernie Sanders was treated when there's this tension and there's this angst that's put on this, uh, this choice. When people worry about who's going to be on the ticket. Of course, Biden tells us it's going to be a, a woman. That's the only qualification. Again, my question to Biden is, what qualifies if you're going to pick a black woman, which he's also hinted at a couple of times, what qualifies a black woman to be your vice presidential candidate and disqualifies a white woman or a Hispanic woman, an Asian woman, an Asian man, Hispanic man, black man? Why? Why are they disqualified? Again, I've got no problem with a female vice president. I just have a problem with, with someone being chosen because they're female. That's just silly nonsense. It's not, it's not serious, but yet it has become serious in today's politics. So i got to take a break. We'll talk about this when we get back. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. So, so I mentioned here the Democrats. Look, the Democrats. We've been through this. This is undeniable to me. So the lay of the land is this: the lay of the land. I, I think without any question is is this: the Democrats have selected a weak candidate with lots of issues and lots of concerns. Among those um, concerns are things that haven't even really been pushed by Trump yet, things like Hunter Biden and Burisma, things like the allegations made by Tara Reid. Um, you have that, number one. You've got a candidate in Joe Biden who is not able to debate President Trump, in fact, even seasoned, established, well-respected in Democrat circles, 
Democrat consultants telling Biden, don't debate Trump. We talked about this yesterday. Joe, Joe Lockhart, former what Clinton guy, just in the know, D.C., uh, Democrat Party establishment. Don't debate Trump. This is the advice he gives to Joe Biden. You've got his, his handlers keeping him in the basement, keeping him out of the media. The whole strategy for the campaign is to stir up hatred for Trump. The whole strategy is to make it about hatred for Trump or, in the case of the VP selection, which is going to be at least a woman and maybe a black woman. And look, again, I there's no I, – I know of – I. It, Conservatives don't have problems with this. The the Democrats want people to think that conservatives do, that conservatives have a problem um, to uh, – in having the VP uh, be a woman. Of course, that's not the case at all. That's silliness. People just – look, conservatives like myself, I'm guessing those of you hearing my voice as well, the only thing you don't want is someone picked simply because of something that doesn't really improve or you know show someone's uh, – we want someone that's loyal to the Constitution. If that person's a woman, great. If that person's a man, great. If that person's a certain race, ethnicity, all that's fine. But we want someone who embraces the ideas that were established by our founders. We want someone that embraces liberty that stands against out-of-control government bureaucracy, overreach, high taxation. We want to see someone that's carrying uh, the banner for liberty. We want to see the American people um, have the, you know, the, the, the burdens placed upon them by the government. We want to see that unleashed. We want to see that those, those burdens removed, those obstacles taken away, the taxes decreased, the bureaucracy, the red tape cut, and that sort of thing. We want to see an adherence to the Constitution and the rule of law. We don't want a police state, but we want the laws that we have to be enforced. And we don't want laws that are um, that are you know, that are created um, haphazardly in a society out of, you know, the case of – with a lot of what we see today, there's an immediate reaction, say, to to the Black Lives Matter movement or to whatever. There's this immediate reaction to where things like defund the police, which is a total d- just disaster and a wreck in the city of Minneapolis and anywhere else that tries it as well, by the way. And, you know, that's – we want a candidate that supports those sorts of things, uh, su- supports our, you know, enforcement of border security, border enforcement law, law enforcement there along the border. It doesn't matter to us anything else about that candidate after that. It's great that we have a nation that can now vote for, as we, we did back in 2008, we voted for um, – a black president. Now, it wasn't the right black president because he was not one that embraced those ideas I just set forth, but it's good that we have a nation that's gotten to the point to where it will elect someone regardless of their race and gender as well. But it doesn't mean that we have to prove it to ourselves, and just because the person on the ticket is going to be a woman or even possibly a black woman, that that somehow makes us 
morally superior because we voted for them. How about we pick someone with the right ideas, with the the right viewpoint on the role of government, the Constitution, liberty, freedom, the economy? And we can see what the Democrats give us. They give us the likes of AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie's only a Democrat whenever it's time to run for president. But nonetheless, Bernie caucuses with the Democrats. He's, pra- he's practically a Democrat. He just doesn't run as one when it's time to run for re-election again and again and again and again and again. So we don't really care about these things, but they want that they want that to be a, the issue. So this campaign, look, as far as the underlying fundamentals of the campaign, the Democrats are in a much worse position. Now, they have the help of the media. They have the help of the narrative. They've stirred up a lot of hatred for Trump, and that's what they're hoping to ride here. And, and here in the case with the VP pick and with the, this VP pick, they're hoping to appeal to people who think that it's time for a female candidate or a black female candidate or whatever. And people are worried about – the Democrat Party is worried about – you know, this you know, there's factions. There's people that want, say, Kamala Harris. There's people that want, say, Elizabeth Warren. And I think Elizabeth Warren, I mean, she tells us she's uh, she's Native American. I mean, I don't know she could be considered a black candidate as well. I mean, I don't know what prevents her from finding something else, hearing some other story in her past that someone told her that uh, in her family that she was black. She could tell Biden, hey, I'm a I'm a black candidate. This is this is where this craziness takes us. And the Babylon Bee, again, the Babylon Bee is satire, but it's right. Biden's waiting to find out who his VP pick is. Can't wait to find out because other people are making this decision, and that is really what's happening. Biden's just the, the figurehead, which is crazy to say because the guy is not a good figurehead in the sense of, like, you know, he can't do the things Obama did. He can't speak... Well, he doesn't articulate his ideas uh, nearly as effectively as Obama did. Lots of problems with this guy. And this this campaign is scared. I'm telling you, they are scared. And they see these polls. Again, it's an outlier. This Breitbart, this poll that Breitbart reported on showing that Trump's ahead nationally by two points. Three months away from the election, knowing that polling usually uh, skews towards the left. And when you vote, you usually see the vote nudge to the right or sometimes leap to the right to the Republican. Not a good time to be a Democrat. By no means am I saying that this is a foregone conclusion. I'm simply saying that they're scared and now they're afraid that the more that they delay this pick for VP, the more tension that's going to build up and potentially animosity. That's the last thing they want. They don't want the, the Warren supporters, if Kamala Harris is named to be the VP pick. They don't want them to not vote or to have a protest vote for some third party no name candidate that has no chance of winning or they don't, you know, go to the polls or whatever. So anyway, that's where we are, the Democrat Party. It is in disarray. They're gonna pretend like it's not, but it is in disarray. So I gotta take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute.
Welcome back. Okay, so there are a couple of things I want to get to, but I'm going to have to wait until the next hour to get to those. Again, hour two streams on YouTube. We're not too far. We're not too far from streaming both hours on Facebook and YouTube. I know many of you listen on radio uh, as well, which is totally fine. I'm just telling you hour two uh, will stream on YouTube for the time being, and not too far from now, they'll stream on both, uh, uh, on multiple, actually multiple channels on video as soon as, uh, we just hired a new staff person yesterday, and as soon as she gets ramped up, um, she's going to help us with making these things uh, possible, making the the show uh, available on even more platforms, uh, even both hours. So anyway, um, there's some things I want to get to that I can't get to because, again, I've, uh, we're at the you know the end of this this first hour. I will tell you this: um, there's some hypocrisy in our nation's capital that I want to get to. There's a that's one thing I want to try to talk about next hour. Another thing is there, according to a survey research. Again, you can find this research. There's a, a website called StudyFinds.org. Study finds with an S. Study finds dot org. Um, they they do research on all sorts of things, and they post these these studies. And according to research, uh, four in five parents are considering homeschooling kids this fall. Eighty two eighty two percent of parents now they're worried about sending their kids back to school uh, because of COVID and all the concerns here. A quarter say that they will absolutely not allow, uh, allow their children to go to the classroom. So this is pushing. Now, this is an unintended consequence. This is not what the government wants. The, gov- the government does not want people uh, educating their own their own children. And so this also dovetails into what teachers are saying, um, how teachers are uh, the arguments they're making for schools not reopening. Um which, I mean, I've got some thoughts on that as well, but I have to get to that next next hour on YouTube. So anyway, that's um, that's what we'll talk about next hour. So going to take one more break here, sit back, come back, and wrap up for hour number one. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. You know, there's one other thing that's um, that's come up a couple of times, and I've got to get this in quickly here. But there's been discussions, and this I saw this come up in an article, I think, yesterday, this discussion as to whether or not whether or not the Republicans would try to fill a Supreme Court vacancy if that happened right now, which, of course, is 90 days from an election, or if they would wait until after the election, of course, folks want to compare this to Merrick Garland, which is a totally different situation because Republicans didn't want an Obama pick because they didn't think that that person um, represented what should be in a Supreme Court justice. So anyway, might talk about that next hour as well, but I got to wrap up. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you in a few.